0: Ghost of Christmas Past, written by Scott Hancock, read by Chris Addison. The Doctor wrenched himself up from the floor of the TARDIS console room. Sparks rained down from the girders above, and the cloister bell tolled ominously. This isn't good, he thought, as his fingers danced across the controls. The TARDIS had become caught in a bout of temporal turbulence emanating from a fight on the fringes of the Time War. It had only been a local skirmish, a petty squabble between a handful of the temporal powers, but in the current climate, even that was enough to cause terrible repercussions. History was in flux across the cosmos, as it had been ever since the Time War started. The Time Lords turned their attentions away from governing established history and protecting the web of time, and instead threw all their resources into battling the Daleks and their allies. There would be casualties on both sides. Worse still... Other races would become embroiled in the crossfire. Entire civilizations might cease to exist as errant timelines clashed and overwrote each other. For a time traveller, this made life more than a little complicated. Of course, the Doctor had never intended to get involved in this fight in the first place. He'd simply been passing through, trying to help in whatever way possible. When the fighting broke out, he tried to save whoever he could, but to no avail. History had already begun to rewrite itself around him. Timelines had started to shift, reimagining both the future and the past. Those the Doctor had managed to rescue had never been born, and so he'd been left with no one to save. Suddenly, something struck the TARDIS hard. The Doctor cried out, clinging to the console for support. The TARDIS had collided with two conflicting timelines, the console told him, and was now ensnared between the two opposing strands. Neither timeline could yet claim dominance over the other, nor could they be reconciled, and the TARDIS was tearing itself apart as it tried to process this. There was nowhere left to go, the Doctor realised. He was caught deep within the maelstrom of the Vortex, and he could feel the TARDIS's pain. Its engines were groaning in frustration, desperately searching for a time track, and a sickly yellow glow had begun to spill from the central column. The Doctor had little choice. He had to get away, whatever the cost. He darted round the console, flicking switches on all six panels. Then he slammed the brake down hard and braced himself as they free-fell back into real time, dropping from the vortex like a stone. When the Doctor eventually woke up, he was still in one piece. To his great relief, so was the TARDIS. He hauled himself onto the console and stumbled over to the destination readouts. Humanian Era, Earth, 24 December, 11 2016 59, 59, The doctor smiled. It was Christmas Eve. Then his smile faltered. Christmas was traditionally a time for loved ones, for friends and family. He had once had so many of both before the time war began. But now, Christmas would just be a day like any other. He sighed and threw open the scanner, watching as the cavernous roof began to shimmer with colour. A swirling spacescape formed, projected from the girders arching over him, and there, at the centre of the image, was the small blue-green planet he cared for so much. Earth, the doctor sighed. He watched as it turned peacefully on its axis, suspended against the vast black expanse of space. How long since I last visited Earth, he wondered. Suddenly energized, the Doctor began to whirl round the console, flicking at switches and calibrating the controls for an impromptu trip to the planet below. Satisfied, he slammed the final lever. And nothing happened. That's odd, the Doctor muttered, checking the console. We're not moving. He rattled the brake handle, just to be certain. Very odd, he said, scratching his head. The monitor insisted they were held in a temporal orbit, but nothing else untoward. The doctor double-checked the readouts, triple-checked his materialization settings, everything he could think of, trying to determine what might have happened. Nothing. No faults had been recorded. The TARDIS had simply stopped. Perhaps she's just exhausted, thought the doctor. If it was he couldn't blame it. They'd both been through so much in the last few months, if it even was months. It was hard to tell anymore. Time Lords often struggled with the passage of time, but especially so when traveling alone, without anyone to help keep track. Stuck in a time loop in the final second of Christmas Eve, on the cusp of Christmas Day, the Doctor waited for a sign of recovery from the TARDIS. While he floated high above Earth, the people on the planet below celebrated. He stood in silence, thinking of all the friends he'd left behind in the past. Friends who might still be down there, surrounded by loved ones. He patted the console affectionately. Just you and me for now, old girl, he whispered. Just you and me. Being trapped in a time loop soon makes you aware of just how slowly time can pass. Every single second becomes the longest of your existence, each tick dragging painfully to the next tock. A few hours had passed since the TARDIS stalled. The Doctor knew this because he'd counted every second, all 12,411 of them. 12,412, 12,413. Enough, the Doctor told himself, rising from his armchair. He'd been sitting for too long with one eye on the console and the other on a dog-eared first edition of Hercule Poirot's Christmas, he snapped the book shut and paced around the room. Something had to change, and soon. Time war or no time war, he couldn't stay trapped inside the TARDIS for the rest of eternity. He strode back to the central console to analyse the chronometer again. Still, it maintained that they were held in temporal orbit, trapped repeating the final second of December the 24th. Why can't it just be Christmas Day? roared the Doctor, throwing his hands into the air. And then, to his own surprise, he started laughing. Was this what it felt like to be a child waiting for Christmas? Was it always this frustrating? He longed for it to be the next day. Christmas Eve was so full of promise, but it wasn't the same as Christmas Day. Was it really not midnight yet? The doctor checked his pocket watch. Twelve thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven seconds. He sighed, slumping over the console again with his head in his hands. Knock, 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 knock. The doctor looked up from the console. Did he imagine that? He glanced about the vast and empty room. Hello, he called out. Knock, 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 knock. Definitely not imagining things then, the doctor told himself, marching over to the TARDIS's wooden doors. Obediently, they swung open, exposing the mysterious darkened void between the inner and outer dimensions of the TARDIS. He popped his head across the threshold. Hello, he called again, more loudly this time. Is somebody out there? He waited a moment. Anybody? Still no reply. Intriguing. He paused, drumming his fingers on the doorframe. Well, sorry we missed each other. Another time, perhaps. With a sigh, the doctor moved back inside, closing the TARDIS doors behind him. No point in keeping them open and letting a draft in although now that he thought about it, there did seem to be a distinct chill in the air. The hairs on the back of his neck were standing on end. His breath had even begun to cloud the air in front of him. The doctor pulled his coat a little tighter, flicking up the collar. Probably just a breeze from the vacuum of space, he thought. That must be it. One could always find a rational explanation for things if one just knew where to look. Then he spotted something that defied rationality. There, propped against the console's central column, was a solitary envelope. The doctor walked slowly towards the offending item and picked it up. It is real, then, he thought, not some sort of projection. He turned the envelope over in his hands, looking for clues. His name had been printed on the front, but otherwise it carried not so much as a postmark. He tore it open. Inside, there was a Christmas card. The front depicted a traditional Victorian street scene, the ground and buildings caked in snow. But strangely, it was blank inside, save for the pre-printed greeting, Happy Christmas. The doctor studied the room. There was definitely nobody else with him, that much was certain, which meant that a plain paper envelope had somehow managed to arrive inside the TARDIS of its own accord. He laughed at the absurdity of it, two laughs in one day. It felt like months since he'd so much as cracked a smile. As he stashed the envelope roughly into his pocket, he sighed. He really did miss having someone to laugh with, a friend with whom he could share the universe. A voice suddenly sounded behind him, an eerie, ethereal chuckle that echoed ominously around the chamber. The doctor froze. I know there's someone here, he announced, though even in the dim and dusty candlelight he could see there was no one else in the room. No one corporeal, anyway. A ghost, he mused. Ridiculous. A temporal phantom, perhaps? The doctor wasn't entirely sure if a temporal phantom was a real thing, or if he'd made up the name there and then. Still, it sounded like the sort of creature he'd deal with. The laugh came again, behind him now, and much closer than before. He could feel cool, moist breath on the back of his neck, prompting a shiver along his spine. He spun round to confront the intruder, but again there was no one there, and the laughing ceased immediately. Was he going mad? It was more than possible. He'd been on his own for far too long, chasing the future while fleeing the past, talking to himself in darkened rooms. Best not rule it out, he muttered to himself. In fact, he had plenty of evidence to suggest that this apparition was a result of his own insanity rather than an actual phantom, or whatever the intruder might be. A pair of doors on the other side of the room made a groaning noise. The doctor glanced up with a mixture of dread and curiosity, watching as they slowly swung open towards him, as though inviting him deep within the TARDIS. You want me to follow? Is that it? he called out a small smile playing on his lips as he began to walk across the room. Fine, but I'm warning you, I know this TARDIS better than anyone. As the doctor entered the corridor, the doors closed softly behind him, and another set opened ahead, coaxing him forward on a path that led ever deeper into the TARDIS. The section of the TARDIS that he was wandering into now was significantly less welcoming than the comfortable console room with its rich wood panelling, bookcases, and furniture, Here the walls were formed from dull grey stone, and the floor was lost beneath a layer of dust and gravel. Ancient dripping candles lined his way, a row on either side casting everything in an amber haze. The doctor found the light comforting. There was something curious about the quality of candlelight that always put him in mind of the daylight back on Gallifrey. He could picture it now, the lush red plains, orange suns, and crimson snow-capped mountains, There was a heavy scent of petrichor in this part of the Tardis, which reminded the Doctor of the damp, chilly cloisters that lay under the Time Lord's capital. He took a deep breath, losing himself in the memory. Was he actually feeling homesick for Gallifrey after all these years of wandering? He spotted an elaborate swirling pattern in the stonework above him, the Seal of Rassilon, There were many of these seals throughout the TARDIS, the same pattern adorning almost every door and arch, perhaps even in every room. The doctor had included it as a reminder of his heritage, of what he'd always run away from. Or perhaps where I'm running to? He dismissed the thought and carried on along the corridor, the orange candlelight flickering around him as he passed rooms he hadn't ventured into in centuries. Some of these rooms had been kept by his companions, and he found himself running through their names like a roll call under his breath. Sometimes the doctor wondered what became of his companions after they left him. Whether they did good, if they were happy. Occasionally he found out the answer. Rarely he might even go looking for it. But always, whatever happened, however they parted, they remained with the doctor in spirit. Ghosts of Christmas past, he whispered softly. I think I can live with that. He paused in front of one of the doors, his hand hovering just above its handle. It would only take a moment to open it, he thought. It would be so easy. One twist and he could step into the past, remind himself of the good times. No, that wasn't him. He'd never entered any of their rooms, not once, from the moment they left him. And he wasn't about to start. Enough nostalgia. It was time to move on. The doctor turned and began to walk quickly back towards the console room. As he went, he thought he heard one of the doors creak open behind him. But he didn't stop to check. No going back, he told himself. Back in the console room, there was little doubt left in the doctor's mind that something was in the TARDIS with him. First, it had left the envelope. Then it had led him through the corridors. Now it had left another surprise for him, back where he had started. Nothing in the console room had been moved or stolen. Rather, it had been redecorated. The entire space was now awash with light and colour. The scanner in the ceiling had been opened, allowing a brilliant twilight glow to bleed around the room, infecting everything with a dazzling wintry hue. Specks of dust sparkled in the air, drifting gently down around him and whirling through the room like some makeshift blizzard. The doctor shivered involuntarily. He could just see the console through the shining snowflake-like specks. Its panels were blinking excitedly, flashing with colour, reds, greens, yellows, blues, and its controls seemed to cheer up with life. Tentatively, the doctor approached. The entire console room had become strangely bewitching, which made him cautious. It was like a magical Christmas grotto drawing him closer, and a rational explanation was proving increasingly elusive. Beneath the console sat a small square box wrapped in deep blue paper. A sequence of interlocking alien swirls twisted together on its surface to form a pattern emblazoned in silver ink. The doctor recognized the pattern immediately. His name, written in Old High Gallifreyan. For me? he asked, gingerly retrieving it from the floor. He held it next to his ear and shook it delicately. Nothing seemed to rattle inside, and it was altogether lighter than he'd expected. Could it be empty? Is this a trap? He shook it a little more violently before deciding it was probably neither. Whoever, or whatever, was doing all this, it had gone to a lot of effort, and the light show dazzling around him seemed far more like a gift than a threat. What could it be? Traditionally, of course, the doctor knew that presents should only be opened on Christmas morning and not before However, as it appeared that he was destined to remain trapped in the last moment of Christmas Eve for all eternity, he threw caution to the wind and opened it anyway. What confronted him under the paper was a simple glowing cube, small enough to fit quite neatly in the palm of his hand. It pulsed with brilliant white light and seemed to weigh almost nothing. The doctor could hear it whispering to him. What have we here? The doctor whispered back, beaming. It was a Time Lord hypercube an object used to transmit messages across the gulfs of space and time. With these hypercubes, time lords could package their thoughts telepathically, housing them in the Tesseract and allowing the time winds to convey them to their recipients, in short, a psychic intergalactic form of mail. All the Doctor needed to do was concentrate to make contact with it and... Grandfather? The Doctor's heart skipped a beat when he heard the voice. A figure had appeared on the opposite side of the console, its image distorted by the glass of the central column. It was a young woman, struggling to manifest through a fog of monochrome static, and yet the doctor recognized her instantly. Susan? The name caught at the back of his throat. I don't know if you'll ever get this message, Grandfather. The voice transported the doctor back immediately to when they'd traveled the universe together. He'd not seen Susan like this since he'd left her on Earth. He'd seen her, of course, but never this young again, not how he always remembered her. It's been several years since we last saw one another. I like to think you're still out there, watching over us. Maybe that you even visit Earth every once in a while. The vision of Susan hesitated. I miss you, Grandfather, and I know you must miss me, but I wanted to send this message because... because you were right about me starting a new life, a life of my own. I've been setting down roots with David. We've a child now. We called him Alex. I thought you ought to know. You're a great-grandfather, grandfather, she laughed excitedly, and the doctor smiled sadly. It's Christmas in a few weeks, our first proper one with Alex. Earth is like another world at Christmas. I didn't realise humans had so many different traditions. I don't think I'll ever fully understand all of them, but it feels right that we should celebrate together, as a family. That's why I'm sending this message, I suppose. Not just to let you know about Alex, but to remind you, wherever you are, that you're always more than welcome here. I know Alex and David would love to see you. I'd love to see you. And if you could see what the humans have accomplished since the Daleks invaded, I think you'd be proud. The doctor nodded. More than proud. Of course he was. Give my love to Ian and Barbara, won't you? She paused as her voice faltered slightly. Goodbye, Grandfather. Goodbye, my dear, the Doctor said softly. And with that, the image evaporated into the ether, lost forevermore. The Doctor closed his eyes. That message must have taken centuries to reach him, and yet it couldn't have come at a better time. Susan had given him so much hope in those few short moments, especially in the face of things to come. If Earth had survived the Daleks so could Gallifrey. And if Susan had started a new life, so could he. The time war didn't have to be the end. When the doctor opened his eyes, he was surprised to discover that the festive mirage had vanished. Instead, the console room was just as it had always been. No flashing lights, no blizzard, just a magnificent time and space machine. He ran his fingers lightly across the console. Did you do all this? he wondered, smiling softly. It was the sort of thing the TARDIS would do. The pair of them were linked telepathically, after all, had been since the day they fled Gallifrey. Just as he knew when the TARDIS was hurting, so it did him. As if to answer the question, the TARDIS lurched alarmingly, throwing him off his feet. The cloister bell rolled, the console room trembled. Then, almost instantly, the TARDIS righted itself once more. I'll take that as a yes, the doctor cried. He picked himself up off the floor and studied the readouts. Hold on. That can't be. Did you just... The TARDIS whirred approvingly, its background hum rising just for a second. The doctor laughed. You cheeky thing! It was Christmas Day. The TARDIS had broken free from the time loop. Though, come to think of it, the doctor was no longer sure if it had even been trapped there at all. Perhaps the TARDIS had simply chosen not to move... Maybe it had wanted to give him time. And what better time to give someone than Christmas? Christmas, the doctor realised, forces you to remember the good times as well as bad. It was a time for family, wherever and whenever they might be. It wasn't a time for giving up, but rather a time for hope. Onwards! The Doctor leapt to action and dashed breathlessly round the console as the TARDIS began to slowly dematerialise.